Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Today's sales leaders face a difficult task, selling the right products at the right time through the right channels. A new three-day program from Harvard Business School Executive Education addresses this problem directly. Join us on the Boston campus in August for Managing Sales Teams and Distribution Channels, where you will discover strategies that can lead to the best sales performance. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me sales. That's hbs.me sales. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast for the Wells Fargo Championship 2018, presented by 18 Birdies. What's going on, Golf Addicts? DB here with the Tour Junkies. You have downloaded the Wells Fargo Championship 2018 preview. Pat and I are going to preview the golf course we've got a little caddy inside information from a pj tour caddy who knows this course quite well we're going to talk about what he thinks about quill hollow how it's going to play and what's important to play it well as always we're going to make our picks we're going to fight a little bit in this one as pat and i had a little issue here with some stuff so prepare yourself for that we're going to talk about guys we're not interested in we're going to talk a little bit about DraftKings pricing fantasy draft pricing we're going to give our one and done picks as well and we're going to also give our thoughts on the zurich classic the walk-up songs and all that fun stuff so you'll want to stay tuned and listen for that we've also got a cool new contest running with the chalk bomb so if you've not subscribed to that you need to you can get a chance to win a brand new in the wrapper tailor-made driver it's really it's really an easy contest easy to do just just go check it out chalk bomb subscribe if you haven't already as always the podcast is brought to you by our friends at 18 birdies the number one most downloaded golf app in the business we love it gps an instagram like golf feed for the golf addict in you and just the best it keeps up with your stats it's great Use promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, for one free year of premium access to 18 birdies. But for now, enjoy the podcast for the Wells Fargo. What's going on, Tour Junkies fans, Tour Junkies listeners, wherever we may be penetrating your ear holes. You're probably in the car. You're probably driving. You're probably on the way to a job you hate, maybe on the way home from a job you hate. Maybe you're on a road trip and your wife's asleep and your kids are screaming and you have your earbuds in. Or maybe you're in the gym. A lot of people listen to us in the gym. Maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're lifting. Hey, get one more. Get one more. Or maybe you're hopefully not in the shower or anything weird like that. Maybe you're cooking dinner. Maybe you're cooking dinner and you listen while you're cooking dinner. Um, Maybe you're doing a lot of other things that, that we don't know about. That's just what we hear. And whatever you're doing, we appreciate you Spending time with the Tour Junkies. This is the Wells Fargo 2018 podcast, and uh, I'm David Barnett, your host. Hello, Pat. How are you, sir? You're my, my, my lovely co-host. I appreciate that, man. I'm fantastic. You know, like I like to say, every day is a holiday, every meal is a banquet. That's how I'm feeling today. 
Very excited mm. to talk about some wells. I don't understand, though, why people can't listen to us in the shower. Do you remember when we were, um, maybe not when you were, when I was a kid, I can remember my dad had a, a shower radio. And, like, he would listen to the, the radio in the shower. It was like a, it was like a new thing. So maybe, maybe listening to the tour junkies in the shower is a good, like, let's, let's bring back, like, you can get, like, a pouch to put your, your, your iPhone in or whatever and, and listen to some podcasts in the shower. I mean, why not? Well, I mean, uh, well, I remember what you're talking about, and I think the advent of a Bluetooth speaker alleviated a lot of that because you could just kind of put it outside of the shower. Yeah, but I can't hear stuff enough. outside the shower. I need it in the shower with me. Yeah, but you need a good Bluetooth speaker. But uh, it, it, I feel like if you're going to listen to something in the shower, you're listening to music. Like a sh- shower listening should be something musical. You're singing in the shower. If you're me, you're spitting rhymes in the shower maybe. I don't know, like... It's just a little weird if they're listening to us talk and they're in their shower, like washing their their sack or something. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> uh, but whatever. What have you. To each his own. Either way, we don't care. We appreciate the, hey, the download. Listen. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate the download. That's props to you. Uh, Pat, we have a great show tonight. We, we've got a good time a good time tonight. We, first of all, how much did you see of the Zurich? Um, Billy Horschel, Scott Piercy, two guys who have been on the podcast before. If you're new to the Tour Junkies podcast and you didn't know that, you can go back in the archives and listen. We have two wonderful interviews with Billy Horschel and one with Scott Piercy. Um, we've had those boys on before. Good guys. You know, the 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 winners, the Zurich is interesting. Um, our boys, Kiz and Brownie, just absolutely, I don't even know what happened. I don't know if... I don't I feel like like their clubs got switched out for someone else's clubs or um maybe they were hung over that that could be a likely scenario um from Saturday night. I don't know what happened, but they sucked on Sunday. They absolutely sucked. They really did. And you know, but it, they're the type I think especially kids, I don't know about Brownie as much, but they're the type where they when they get where they feel like they're out of it, which I think they probably knew on whole like 14 or 15 uh, I think they just lost interest, and then you saw like a couple of doubles coming in and whatever else. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, it was yeah. ugly. How about this? So you, I mean, you talked about you talk about the people that were in contention. So we had Piercy and Horschel on the show. We've had Brownie and Kiz on the show. We've had Chess and Hadley on the show. There was a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of folks in contention at the end that have been on the show. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, but it's a it's Very a cool, cool event. I will say this. I didn't watch as much. I did listen to a good bit about, uh, uh, you know, I, I was I was just busy over the weekend. Wasn't, you know, I didn't have any lineups, obviously, because DraftKings wasn't running anything or fantasy drafts. So, I, I, and, and I do like to watch golf outside of just if I have lineups in anyway. But this weekend, it just didn't work out for me. So I was, I was able to listen to PGA Tour Radio on XM, but that was about it. I, I didn't really watch a whole lot of the coverage. Well, you were on the boat, you know. That's right. I did go on the boat. Mm-hmm. For all you, for all you Northerners up there who are just now getting a little crack of a little crack of sixty degree weather or whatever you're dealing with up there, it, it's been beautiful down here. So it's been hard on the weekend, you know, to post up and 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 watch the Zurich. I definitely followed it and tracked it. But yeah, like you, I was playing golf. I I, I played golf. In fact, I played golf. If if you watched our Insta stories, I played golf in front of a lot of a lot of tv cameras on saturday and i uh it will it will air on tlc that's right tlc um for on a tv show called rattled which is about 
couples dealing with children. And I played golf with one of the couples, one of the husbands in the couple. Did you play better retreat. than we did when we played in the the, the four ball event last week? Too? About about the same, about the same. Um, but it was a good time. It was weird though, hitting in front of that many cameras. I mean, there were literally like six cameras on the thing. And Nobody reality, cared about you. Why would you be nervous? About yeah, but they filmed every shot. They filmed every shot. They did. In ca- I guess in case something happened. And, you know, it was it was intimidating and they were everywhere. They were everywhere. And reality TV is not real. It's so scripted. It was ridiculous. It took us four hours to play nine holes because of the producer would come in and say, we want you to talk about this on the tee and blah, blah, blah. It was nuts. If you've watched our Insta story, it was kind of funny. But I don't know when that's going to air. And they may just completely not play any of that. But they were with us for four hours on the golf course Saturday. So I can't think of a worse way to yeah. play golf to be honest uh, and and you know the other thing is look, pat and i we're going on year three here of tour junkies right we've done a hundred and i think this is our 149th episode either 148th or 149th episode that's a lot of that's a lot of episodes that's um, a lot i can't believe it's that many Jeez. yeah and i hand 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 to the sky like I, we were a little a little happy for the break last week. It, it just, this thing, the PJ tour season from like January through August, it really, it's a, it's a, it's a marathon. And so, you know, when, when there was no DFS going on, Pat and I and our families welcomed the, the break and we truly took a break. We did give you a tremendous podcast with Scott Stallings. Um, and if you did not go back and listen to that interview, you need to go listen to it. It was very enlightening, very funny. Scott Stallings is a wonderful human being. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the person that is Scott Stallings. Just seems like such a nice guy. Um, we had a great chat with him. So we gave you that. We wanted to give you some content. We wanted to deliver that. But, you know, I will say, like, my wife was happy that Tour Junkies wasn't a thing that week, uh, that, that I wasn't staring at my phone, DraftKings, that I wasn't doing you know hits on whatever rotor grinders what she was just happy and so it was just one of those weeks that was good to check out and re-energize you know um for the summer and for the the you know the remaining majors we have and the players is coming up and this is a great event so it was just a good week like i'm not yeah i, I was happy to have a little bit of downtime i think you were too oh yeah yeah I mean, it's just the same with my wife i mean she was she was happy for you know, and we need that. You know, it's a grind, especially going up, leading up to the Masters, and then we always talk about the Heritage is, is a tough show for us because we put so much into the Masters show and that week and everything. Um, so it's it's nice to have this this little break. So I, I got to be honest, I hope DraftKings if this if this stays just like it is and they have this team event, I'm fine with this little week off near you know at this point in the season. Yeah, I, I'm okay. They don't need to do a contest. Hundred percent agree. Um... Now, I, w- I will say this about the Zurich. I thought the walk-up song idea, this was, th- before the Zurich, this was my thoughts on that. It was like, man, come on, guys. Like, let's be original. The European Tour did that last year. It was great. Like, the European Tour is the more forward-thinking, innovative, younger-thinking tour. The PJ Tour just seems to lag behind and um, can't get it together. And... I was like, eh, walk-up song, okay. It was kind of interesting to look at what all the walk-up songs were and, and who was picking which ones, and we could talk about that, but everybody's already beat that to death. And that was kind of my, my attitude going in. However, 
after watching a little bit of it on Saturday and seeing some of the highlights from social media and um, just seeing some of the guys and the personalities coming out and guys like Charlie Hoffman and Kiz saying like, nah, play that, play that jam while I'm hitting. Like, let's, let's do this. And just seeing that to me, it's, it was a great thing. And like when it was over, I was like, you know what? I was wrong about this. I'm glad the PGA tour did this. It doesn't matter that they didn't originally come up with it or whatever. And some of it was cheesy. Some of it was cheesy, but I think for a lot of young golfers and maybe people who are on the fringe of liking golf or wanting to get into golf and they're younger and, and, you know, they see people ride around listening to music on the golf course or whatever, and like not being bothered by hitting while it's going on or whatever. Like, I think all that stuff was good. And I, and I think as weird as it sounds in in some way, it does do something to grow the game. It brings attention to an event that probably wouldn't have had a lot of attention when, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, country club white kids hitting balls to the Migos. Like, I just think it does, it it has to do something good for the growth of golf. And we need to make golf more interesting to younger people and the younger generation. And I think it it did that. Um, Again, there were some cheesy moments, for sure. There was definitely some moments where you're just like, good God. That that's awful, um, but all in all, I, I was I was I was wrong about it, and I'm happy to be wrong about it. And I hope the tour continues to think of ways to do that. Yeah, man, I'm I'm totally with you on the on the walk up songs. I think it was uh, it was pretty cool to see. You know, I will say this: I did see some some videos the PGA Tour put out that were a little bit awkward, I guess, but. The guys that embraced it, like you said, you said Kiz and Hoffman, and then I like the Alex Chaka video where he was um, he played some Van Halen and was yeah. letting the hair fly. That was pretty cool. I think it was White so, Snake. Was it White Snake? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Him and Ben Crane. Yeah, and you knew you knew Ben Crane was going to be involved with something funny. Yeah, so. yeah. The, that was probably his main motivation of making the cut, just so he could do something like that because. He struggles to make the cut otherwise. Um, all right, I think that's enough for the Zurich. The chalk bomb is back this week as well. We didn't do a chalk bomb last week, obviously. That was another thing to get a good break from last yes, week, to be honest. Chalk bomb emails. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we didn't do that. However, uh, there's a new contest within the chalk bomb. You need to subscribe. You can win free TJ swag or... You could win a brand new in the wrapper tailor made driver, M1 or M2 driver. So you probably want to do that. So you need to, if you're not subscribed to the Chalk Bomb, you need to subscribe. Head on over to tourjunkies.com, click on the contact tab at the top, fill out the, the form there on that page, and just say you want the Chalk Bomb. Then you're going to get an email from the email that you put in. That is going to be a double opt-in email. It's going to be from info at tourjunkies.com. You're going to need to click in that email and say, yes, subscribe me to this. And then that will get you delivered the chalk bomb on Wednesday, late afternoon, early evening is when that comes out. And the one from the Valero a couple weeks ago was absolute money. Ben, uh, the chalk bomb was Xander Shoffley, who ended up uh, MDFing um, and was like 20-something percent owned, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, Xander was 23% owned, definitely chalk for the Valero, and finished MDF. And also, our boy Ben Little. 
talked up Adam Scott as kind of a chalk bomb who also sucked. He missed the cut. Um, so it was just a nails chalk bomb. But there is there are details in the coming chalk bomb on how you can win some free TJ swag and a new tailor-made driver. So you'll want to check that out. Um, other than that, the only other announcement I have, Pat, is one that we used to make way back in the day, buddy. Way back in the day when Tour Junkies first began and we had nothing to really pump or promote. We were just lucky to actually have recorded the podcast successfully and get it on iTunes. Um, we would beg people to follow us on Twitter at Tour underscore Junkies, at, on Instagram at Tour underscore Junkies, and on Facebook. Like our page, Tour Junkies. And I'm, I'm asking the same thing now. We're taking it back old school. If you guys have a Twitter account and you're not following us, why not? Please do. And if you don't have a Twitter account, create one just so you can follow us because we give great content on there. Great content. And we've been working on our Instagram game a little bit. Even last week, we had Pat um, trying to learn how to do an Insta story. Pat, did you, uh, have you had any more practice with Insta stories? You, I think you called it an Insta chat at one point. I think I did. I did call it an Insta chat. No, I have not had any more practice since that day, but it, it was, uh, you know, I did learn a lot that day. So, well, you know, I, maybe I'll do some more you, stuff. Yeah, you got to keep practicing, man. You got to keep it up. But we've, we, we've been trying to build the content over there on Instagram, doing some fun stuff on the stories, you know. I, 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 did, a, I did a live, some stories from my neck hammock the other night, which was a, a just absolute hit. We got a lot of commentary on the neck hammock. So I felt like that was kind of weird. I mean, it, let me just tell you, that thing's amazing. So anyway, if, uh, if, if you're not following us on those things, you need to. And retweet us. Like, retweet, comment, like, comment, whatever. Engage. We want to talk to you guys. We want to. So that's it. That's, that's, our, that's our beg of the night. There you go. Um, well, Pat, we've got, uh, we've got some contests to break down. We've got Big Slate on DraftKings. We've got Fantasy Draft, our friends over there at Fantasy Draft. Wells Fargo Championship right there in their backyard, Charlotte, North Carolina. They're, uh, they're not far from there. Um, we're going to be sending out some secret invitations to some followers of ours for a little Fantasy Draft Tour Junkies Listener League, which we did for the Valero, and I finished second, by the way. Um, so we're looking to take money from listeners. So be on the lookout for that uh, over on Fantasy Draft. So, Pat, with that being said, why don't you hit us with the course preview and talk a little bit about our caddy insight that we received as well. PJ Tour caddy of over 15 years gave us some, a few tips and, and a couple good quotes on his thoughts on the greens specifically. I know it's so it's nice to have the caddy info back, so I'm pretty excited about that. But yes, this is the Wells Fargo Championship in Charlotte, North Carolina, at Quail Hollow Club, playing just over 7,500 yards. It's a par 71. That's you know something to remember because it hasn't you know they changed that before the PGA Championship. It was a par 72, but now it's a par 71. It played as one of the actually it was the toughest course on tour last year. For the PGA Championship, you got three par fives, um, also three par threes. And looking at the par fours, four par threes. Nine of these, sorry, four four par threes, I believe. I'm reading the the notes that you wrote down here. Oh well, maybe you should do your own notes if it's your own course preview. (laughs) Four par threes, and then here's the thing. On the par fours, nine of them are 450 yards plus. So they, this is this is a pretty long co- course. You got the green mile, so we're back with an, another name for a three-hole stretch. But let me tell you, 
you and I were at the PGA Championship last year, and these holes do not look. I mean, they. I guess when you're seeing them on TV, they don't look as hard. But when you see these holes in person, they are very difficult and you know long, just just tough holes. So I think that's that's important. That's a you know that's a that's a tough three hole stretch here at the end. Um, We've got, you know, the, the greens here are Bermuda, but overseeded with POA, actually. And they run incredibly fast, which we'll talk about here with the caddy notes. Um, you know, you got the rough here, I think, is typically it played pretty difficult last year, but I don't think it's going to be quite as bad this year. I mean, I do think it's, it's tough, but you do got to be accurate. But I still think bombers are, are going to have the most advantage off the tee here. Um, you're all over you the know, place. Just read the the freaking caddy insight. You're all over the place. So for the caddy this week, well, first off, he said that. Well, here's the thing. He says Bermuda greens, but I've read that they're overseeded. So no, you know, they, they changed them. They changed them from bent to Bermuda. Well, yeah, but then they overseed them with POA, so that makes them play a little bit different. But anyway, they're going to be fast. You know, you've got, you know, the rough should be, he says thick. See, here's the thing. I don't actually agree with a lot of what the caddy's saying. I think he's going off of what last year how it played. And I think it's going to play a lot easier this year. That's my opinion. Okay, well. Um, I think it's going to play a lot easier. Three key stats, though, that he said were scrambling, strokes gained, putting, and strokes gained off the tee. I am totally with him on the putting and off the tee. I think scrambling is going to be a little bit easier this year as well. Jeez. All right. Well, r- way, to, way to read it right off the prompter there, Ron Burgundy. Do your own <laughs> course research next time. Let, let me communicate for the listeners what the 15-plus PGA Tour caddy who is very familiar with this golf course said. Because So basically just forget what all Pat just said and just listen to what I'm about to say. Bermuda greens, the term that the caddy used is fast as shit. That's what the, that's what the caddy said. Fast, yep. Um, uh, he said they are large, and the contours on these greens are, quote, silly. Okay? The rough around the greens and fairways are usually thick, but a tougher winter may make them a little spotty. Fairways are average uh, to tight, so not, you know, about normal. Um, average speed, they're not firm and fast fairways, they're just about tour average. Off the distance or off the tee, um, having distance is definitely nice. Um, bombers will keep bombing away. A high ball flight hitter with some carry distance and a draw would be preferable. Experience also would present an edge at Quail Hollow. And about the only thing Pat got right is the three key stats that that our caddy friend said so there you go so from there i think it's i'm just telling you i think it's going to be play, play different than i feel like this this caddy friend is going off of how it played last year and and i know that there's you know he i'm not like trying to say he's he doesn't know what he's talking about but i think it's going to play a lot easier than it has than it did last year i think the greens are not going to play near as fast as they did last year where they were the, one of the fastest greens on tour so I just this is just my opinion. I like I, I I'm I'm fine with the caddy knowledge. Obviously, the guy knows more about these courses than I do. But I just think it's going to play a little bit different. It's not a it's it's not going to play like it did last year. It's just not. okay. Well, that's easy to say. They're not setting it up for a major. But I, I don't think it's. I mean, even the, rough e- around even the when green, it was the Wells you, Fargo, you wrote down here rough around the greens fairly 
thick as usual. I think they're going to cut it tighter than it used than it was last year. Oh, fast as shit Bermuda greens. I think that's that's not that's going to be cut down a little bit. It's not going to play like it. it's just not. Okay, well you're you're irritating me already right now. I mean th- this is it, no one's saying it's going to play to major conditions, but I but it's not. It may it may they set this thing up last year to host majors, and so and it changed the golf course. And I, I don't. I mean. Just the fact that now it's a par 71 alone is going to make it more difficult. It is a stupid long golf course. The greens were fast at the Wells Fargo. They were fast before the PGA. They, they, they were hilly before the PGA. There was a lot of contour before the PGA. So I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm going to – yeah. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm putting some weight into the PGA Championship. I think that this thing will play closer to the PGA than it will – previous years wells fargo's i'm not saying that it's going to be the same as the pga but i think it will be close this golf course last year for the pga was the number you said it was the most difficult course in 2017 second place was augusta national and this course was a half a shot more difficult than augusta so it it was a that's a pretty big margin there were twice as many double bogeys at quail hollow as there were at augusta in 2017 twice as many so you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of defense that this course has. Um, I, I looked at last year's Players Champion or PGA Championship. I studied the top the guys who finished top top twenty or better, and uh, try to pick out some stats. And from looking at that, uh, strokes gained approach is far and away the most important. There are a ton of iron shots being hit from 175 to 210, 215 yards. And that that is by far the most important stat that I looked at when I studied the top 20 players. Strokes gained off the tee was another big one. Scrambling or strokes gained around the green was another big one. Um, so, and, and then I also started looking a little bit at um, proximity from 175 to 200 yards out. I mean, all these par threes are nearly 200 yards or over. Um, the par fives are lengthy. The par fours, you mentioned all the ones over 450 to 500 yards. So you're going to have some long iron play here, which does lead to missed greens, which is why scrambling is important. So I think this thing's going to test everybody's game through the bag. And, you know, when you have a difficult golf course, the cream tends to rise to the top and the better players tend to come out. It's similar to a U.S. Open or the Masters or uh, something like that. So. This is going to be an interesting an interesting tournament, and the field is phenomenal. Now, past champs, you had Justin Thomas win the PGA here. Um, in 2016 at Quail Hollow, James Hahn won, Rory won in 15, J.B. Holmes in 14, and Derek Ernst in 13. Also, Ricky Fowler, Lucas Glover in 2012 and 2011. By the way, you see two random guys in here. James Hahn won after missing like eight straight cuts. Yep. Derek Ernst, nobody's heard from ever since then. Yeah, he's like missing. Um, he's on. He's on unsolved mysteries somewhere. Yeah. So I'm gonna go on all record that before the redesign. I'm totally all disagreeing. that before the redesign, though, and before it was a par 71. So that's fine. I mean, look I'm at the leaderboard at the 2017 PGA. Look at the leaderboard at the 2017 PGA. Oh, so that's all we're gonna go off this week is the 2017 PGA. I, I think it's that's gonna it. play closer to the 2017 PGA than it's gonna play to the 2016 and before Wells Fargo. I just, I just think that's. Well, what's I'm gonna, gonna disagree with you. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's okay. I think that's wrong. All right. 
Well, let's, hey, that's the easy. That's the easy thing to do, though. Let's let's be oh, easy. That's like fuck. what every other podcast is gonna say. That, why is that your like go? That's like your 2018 mantra is to do that for whatever reason. First of all, you know as well as I do that we listen to no one before we record this thing. So I don't yeah, know. But we who's can predict. It. I can predict it pretty well. I- you can predict that, but you, but but you. I mean, that, that's pretty impressive that you can predict what everybody else is going to do, except you. You, except for you, you're just going to be the one. Jeez. All right. Well then. All right. Well, then, if you're so good, tell us. Tell us who to play, and let's listen to the old wise Pat Perry, the sage Pat Perry. What are you going to do at the top, man? What's your strategy? You're going to go studs and duds with with a deep field. You're going to go balance. You're going to do what, both. What are you doing? Well, you have a. This is. It's here's the thing. There are a ton of guys, especially in that 7K range. It's ridiculous. So, but if we're going, if we're talking the 10K and above right now, my favorite guy is Jason Day at 10-2, right at the bottom there. You know, he checks the box for me on DraftKings scoring, strokes gained off the tee. He's been putting phenomenal this year. Uh, Your caddy friend said that putting's good, so I think that's going to be a a huge thing this week. So I do like Jason Day at 10-2. Now, the other guy is out. Now, I'll go back off of what I said. I do like JT, though, this week. Um, you know, check the box off the tee approach. Course history is obviously fantastic with his win here last year. So, my two favorite guys in the 10K and above range are going to be Jason Day and Justin Thomas. Uh, 10K and above for me, I'm not mad if you want to play any of them. Um, I think this is a. This is a stacked field, and a lot of these guys are are playing well and set up well for the golf course. Um, if you're a listener wanting to know, hey, what do you think of this guy? And we don't, you know, I, I'm just there's there's not a lot of guys on here. I'm going to talk you off of. I think for now, we're recording this on Monday night, not having any idea who's getting talked up and ownership and all that kind of stuff. I think for now, Thomas and Rory, I like both of them. Um, you know, you can't fit both of them in a lineup comfortably. So I'll probably, and for me, I'm going to have a, a mixed bag. I'm going to have some some studs and duds lineups where I come up here and I grab Rory or I grab JT. Um, and then I'm going to have some where I start in the 9K. But uh, I, I like both Rory and Justin Thomas, both high ball hitters, both bombers, both with great track records here, both in good form, um, both long iron game, pretty solid. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't get past either one of those two, but I'm not mad at Jason Day or Ricky Fowler. I mean, Day is another high ball hitter, um, uh, played well here at the PGA. Um, so I'm not mad at any of them, but I, I, when it comes to narrowing down my pool and planting my flag, it will probably be Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. I'm shocked you're not on Rory. I mean, you, you, you fan, you fanboy out on Rory weekly. And this is like, the course built for Rory. His, his form at Quail Hollow is ungodly. He has gained 49 strokes in the last five years at Quail Hollow. You, being the Rory homer and the course history homer, did not even mention him. That is amazing. That right there tells me you're not in your right mind. So whatever you say just can't be right. <laughs> well, actually, if I'm not on Rory this week, that's probably a reason to play him because I, I just never peg the guy right, and I, I'm not going to try it this week. And, and I think that 
I'm just I'm just more on JT and Jason Day this week. So, all right, well we agree on Justin Thomas. What about the nine K range? Patrick Reed, Hideki, Phil, Tigers back, and Tommy Fleetwood. What are you going to do in the nine K? Well, I think that. Well, I love Patrick Reed. You know, you look at now he he obviously had a good finish here in 2017 with a T2. His recent form is obviously great. Checks a box in approach, also strokes gain T to green. The guy's just, I mean, he's been fantastic this year. 9,700, I'm surprised that he's that. I thought he would be in that 10K and above range. So I think he's a good play. You know, Hideki, Mickelson, and Tiger are the three here that are interesting to me. I mean, if you look at all three, they are in the top 15 in strokes gained approach. But they are also all three literally like outside the top 90 to 100 in strokes gained off the tee. So it's just that's that's a range right there that's going to be hard to peg. So I'm going to be picking the guy that's approach and putting, and that's going to be Mickelson right there in that you know 90, in 9,200 range. I like that. I'm, I'm fine with him. He's got great course history here. So I think between those three guys, for me, it's going to be, it's going to be Mickelson. All right, similar to the 10K, we agree on one, and then I'll pivot to a different player. I, I totally agree with you on Patrick Reed. He is checking all kinds of boxes. Uh, obviously, we know the form. First event since winning the Masters. I mean, looking at some of the stats, in the last 12 rounds, he is 25th. Uh, I'm sorry, he's 12th in this field in strokes gained approach. Um, he checks the box in strokes gained around the green. He checks the, gr- the box in proximity from 175 to 200, both in the last 12 rounds and in the last 24 rounds. Um, second here at the PGA, you mentioned, gained 25 strokes in his last six events. I mean, and, and you know, I don't know if this is happening right now, but maybe some, some of these other talking DFS heads talk about not playing a guy after he wins the Masters. If that starts going around, sign me up. I'll take plenty of Patrick Reed. I think he's confident. He thrives when he's confident. And he's just he's just checking the boxes, man. And there's probably nothing the dude would rather do than come out and win again. Like that's just that's just who he is. He's not he's not a guy who wants to show up and just get by. So I think it's an interesting spot to take Reed. We'll see how much chatter he gets uh, throughout the week. I'm also um, going to have a fair amount of Patrick Reed over on Fantasy Draft. He's right down there. So, um, and, and I like Hideki. I, I I like Hideki. I think this is a good spot for Hideki. Finished 19th at the Masters. Not tremendous, but when you look at the last 12 rounds, checks the box in that proximity number from 175 to 200. Checks the box in strokes gained around the green. 14th in this field in strokes gained approach. Um, he's gained 16 strokes at Quail Hollow when it was here for the Wells Fargo, and he was fifth at uh, at the PGA last year. Almost, you know, stormed back on Sunday. Couldn't get the putter going at Quail Hollow last year. But I mean, I'm going to have some lineups when I'm not starting lineups with Justin Thomas or Rory McIlroy. I'm coming down to load up on Patrick Reed and Hideki. And that still leaves you $7,700 in cap space uh, on DraftKings. And, um, and your average price over on Fantasy Drafts, thirteen six. when that happens. There's still plenty of value Whoa, in that range. Wow. So, uh, And that's probably it. That's probably all I'm going to have in that range. The only guy I'm really going to fade 
actually might be Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, I know, and I like Fleetwood, a great ball striker, but, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I got a feeling. I don't know why, I just got a feeling. You know he's going to be chalky. Like, maybe, maybe my boy Ben Little can find a reason to make him the chalk bomb. He's going to be chalky, but I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I, I like some pivots just below Tommy Fleetwood. In fact, I'll go ahead and get into the 8K. A couple of my favorite plays of the week are at 89 and 88, Paul Casey and Louis Eustazen. Love both of these guys. We last saw Casey at the Heritage, missed the cut. First missed cut in a while. He was like 15% owned. Um, maybe that drive, Maybe that keeps his ownership down a little. I mean, he tends to be chalky. There's no way he's below 10%. Um, but just an absolute ball striker. Um, great long iron player. I just, it's it's hard to it's hard to look past Paul Casey. Um, finished 13th here at the PGA, and then Louis Oosthuizen. Love Louis Oosthuizen. Finished second here at the PGA. Finished 12th at Augusta National. He's ninth in this field in strokes gained off the tee in the last 12 rounds. Checks the box in that proximity range of 175 to 200. Love both of those guys. Louis tends to go a little under owned in a lot of GPP contests. Um, so I'm going to be looking at him as possibly a pivot. I like both of those guys as pivots off of Fleetwood. I think Finau is going to be popular there. Um, I'm probably going to avoid Finau, even though I do think he sets up well here. I think Finau and Kepka, um, I'm still a wait and see on the injury. I know, I know Finau played well this past week, but I'm still going to wait and see on both of those guys. This is Quill Hollow. You mentioned it when we were there. Quill Hollow is a heck of a walk. Like it is not an easy course to walk. No, not at all. I mean, it is. It is quite difficult, especially when you've had a few drinks. Well, hopefully Tony's not. Tony's not doing that. But no, I'm just saying for us. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, th- I think I don't know. Kefka's interesting to me because this is a course that he should do really well on, but. You know, we just don't have, we're just not, you know, he played with Mark Ternessa last week. Ternessa, yeah. Ternessa, first tournament back. I don't know. I just, I, I, I have hard By the time. way, we didn't say this, but I'm completely throwing out anything that happened at the Zurich in terms of form. Are you oh, doing yeah, the I same? Am too. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm with you there. I feel I'm like not, we need to put that out as a disclaimer. I'm not looking at any of that as far as that's concerned. But, you know, right below Broski. Brooks Kepka. I do like Ryan Moore at eighty five hundred. Yep, he pops I mean, for me too. Well, and here's the thing, you know, he checks the box of strikes gain off the tee and approach and and those are things you know that we've looked at. But he's also been in in, in pretty damn good recent form. He has gained really 30, 30 strokes in the last four starts. That is number one in the field. The only one below him is Roy McRoy, and that's twenty nine strokes. Well there's a lot of guys below him. Well, yeah, the only, well, let me, never mind, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so, I think that, I think, I like some Ryan Moore, and he's a guy that comes to play when it comes to courses like this. A guy that, a difficult course, you know, that is, has a great field, you know, he always seems to come in under the radar. The guy is, is just, you know, he, he checks the box also in DraftKings scoring for me. Strokes gained T to green. He's in the top 10 in the field. So I think Ryan Moore is, is huge here. Before, Here's before, a guy that, before you get off Moore, because uh, I agree with you. I have to piggyback on this. He's fifth in the last 12 rounds in this field. 
in stroke seeing approach and stroke seeing off the tee. In his last two contests, Valero and RBC, in both of those, he was owned around 9% on average. Ryan Moore, and, and I'll be the first to say it, like, I hate playing Ryan Moore. He's the like least sexy player on the board. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like I don't get him right, but you know, I think a lot of other people feel the same way. So even as much as he pops statistically, it is not likely that he will be super chalky. He might be a little higher on the 9% this time around, but he is a player that you can put in a GPP and not feel like you're you're just completely eating the chalk there. So I am totally with you on more. He checked the box for me a, a lot. So there you go. Who's your next guy? So, well, the next guy is going to be right beneath him, Webb Simpson. Simpson. I mean, here's the thing. Webb is a guy that I know has missed, what, the last two cuts here? And is we always talk about he's a local guy. You know, we know his caddy, Paul Tesori. We've gotten a lot of good information. He loves this course. He plays here a lot. Um, but the last two years when he missed the cut, it, at least at, at, you know, at Quail Hollow, I mean, he wasn't putting well. But he is literally lighting it up when it comes to putting. He is ranked in the top five in the field in strokes game putting. I think, you know, he's obviously been in pretty good recent form. So this is a year I want to be on web and not just because any local connection to the course. I think this is a course he can play well. I think he's going to putt well. And I, I like him at 8,400. So I do like some Webb Simpson. I also like Kids. You know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I, I can't, I can't, you know, not go with my boy Kids. And we, we followed him around last year on this course. He played it well in tough conditions. Um, yeah, he faltered a little bit on Sunday, but he's been playing a lot better lately. Um, I think if he can just, you know, he he drove it terrible, actually. Now, I know we talked about not paying attention to the Zurich Classic, but when, you know, on Sunday, he wasn't exactly driving the ball that great. But I think this is a course where uh, he could, you know, we could see some low scores from him. So I do like some kids. And then last but not least, Bryson DeChambeau at 8,000. This guy pisses me off every time I try to take him, so maybe you go opposite of that. But he's just, I mean, he's been playing extremely well this year. Checks the box and approach off the tee, tee to green, DraftKings scoring. This is a course I believe he can play well on. So I do like Bryson at 8,000 right there at the minimum on DraftKings. Uh, All right. I I think there's a group of guys here that are going to get some chatter. They're going to be a little too high on for me, and that is Webb, Bryson DeChambeau. Um, I, I, both of those guys, I, I just, and even Kisner maybe. I, I don't think I'm going to have a lot of any of those guys. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just not buying it. Now, Vegas odds would have, um, you know, Webb, Kisner, and DeChambeau all looking looking okay compared to their price. DeChambeau's checking a lot of boxes. I mean, he is number he's number one in this field in the last 12 rounds in strokes gained approach, number six in strokes gained off the tee. If he's getting talked up a lot, though, I'm not playing him. It depends on how many people are talking him up. If he looks to be chalky come Wednesday night, I'm avoiding him. Uh, unless it's cash. Now, I, I think he's. I think he's. He, he checks some boxes, but if he's getting talked up, I'm not playing him. Uh, I'm out on Webb. I just think this course has changed, and it's not. It just doesn't fit Webb anymore. It's not the same. You know, maybe he's just so used to playing this thing the way that he came up playing it, and now he just can't. 
he can't get with it. Uh, he just he struggled since the redesign. Uh, I'm not on it with Webb. Um, I feel like this is a trap for Kisner. I, I tend not to get him right, so I'm going to avoid Kisner here. Um, I, I'm going to jump down. I agree with you on the Ryan Moore play. I will probably jump down to then Brian Harmon as we get into the 7K range. Now, he's the defending Wells Fargo champion from Eagle Point last year, uh, but I still like Harmon here. He finished 13th last year at the PGA. Um, you know, he's been in okay form. He's had a pretty good season. But when you look at a guy who avoids the big number, who plays well on difficult courses, I mean, you remember Brian Harmon, you know, almost took down Brooks Kepka at the U.S. Open last year, does play well on, on big, difficult golf courses. So I, I, Brian Harmon's kind of a guy for me there in that range that I like. But other than that, I, I think I'm good in the AK. Uh, DeChambeau, if, if he's not getting talked up, maybe. But like, I think Webb's going to be chalky. Everybody's going to know, like, it's his course. His last time out, he was 23% owned. Everybody knows he's a quail guy. I, I feel like he's going to get some chatter. Um, by the way, I was looking on Fantasy Draft. I said I wasn't going to play Finau on DraftKings, but I do think on Fantasy Draft I might play him. He's a little bit lower down the totem pole on Fantasy Draft. So just there you go. Yeah. Um, all right, upper 7K. What are you thinking? What, what do you think about Harmon upper 7K range? Um, I don't know about Harmon. I'm not huge on that. By the way, if I have a, we don't like to. I don't want to complain about Fantasy National, which I I, I love. It's a, it's an absolute incredible site. My one complaint is when they have an off, you know, site event like they did last year here that they don't bring in stats from the PGA Championship and they bring in stats from whatever the course was they played last year. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. By the way, that, that this, Eagle Point, Eagle Point, Eagle Point. That just I don't like that. Let's talk to some people over there at Fantasy National. But um, do we know any people there at Fantasy National? I think we do. His name is Moose, and yeah, he's I'm gonna text the Moose man. when we get out of here and ask him if why he doesn't bring in PGA Championship set. Moose is the man. Um, the I mean I think that I like some Emiliano Grio. Yep. It's 7,700. Checking a lot of boxes. Checking a lot of boxes. His recent form has been very good, so I do like him at 7,700. Here's an interesting thing. Adam Scott at 7,300. Whoa, you went way down the list there, champ. Yeah, I'm just jumping down to him because I I don't want to forget to say this. I'm not playing him at all this week. Me neither. But I'm going to probably place a few bets on him depending on what his odds are. Because he always pisses me off, and you know he's just going to screw me this week and play well and probably win the damn tournament because I'm not playing him in DraftKings. So I just want to say that. Adam Scott, you're going to do that to me this week, so <laughs> whatever. Um, I agree with the Grillo play. He's checking a lot of boxes for me. Um, we'll see. I, I think he's kind of like DeShambo. He's one of these that. He can, he can he can skyrocket in ownership come Wednesday night. So I think you need to check that. Um, but I do like him a lot. I think a pivot off of him that I like is Byung Hun An. Oh, I love yes, him. I, I stole him from you. He finished 28th here at the PGA. He has gained 16 strokes in his last six events on the tour. He's 12th in this uh, in this field in the last 12 rounds on strokes gained approach. His Vegas odds should have him priced up in the. Eh, 
Norin, DeChambeau, Berger kind of range. So you get a little value from Byung-Hun. Also checks the box in the last 12 rounds in strokes gained around the green, scrambling okay. I'm really liking a little Byung-Hun in. I think he's a pivot. I think he's a good pivot play there. Um, so you like him. What do you think of Chess and Hadley? You're always a Chess and Hadley guy. He plays this course really well. Probably going to be chalky, though, don't you think? Yeah, I think he will. And he kind of he lives up in that area, doesn't he? Like in Raleigh yes. or something like that. So he's, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do like Chess, and he's been playing incredible lately. So I think that, um, you know, he could continue, continue that this week. You know who I love? Luke List. No. Keith uh, freaking Mitchell at 7,100. I think okay. he is a great play. Look at his recent form. He was second in uh, Punta Canta. Hmm. He, was, he was T6 at the Shell. You know, he last, or at the Valero Texas Open, he was at T26. He's gained 24, just over 24 strokes on the field in his last four events. This is a guy that's, you know, Strokes gained off the tee, he's ranked third in the field. He's top ten in scrambling. I, I love some Keith Mitchell. And this is a guy that is just primed to win, whether it's here or on the web.com. He is, is you know, I could easily see him winning. And by the way, we glossed over a guy who's just an absolute stud in Sam Burns at 7,500 on DraftKings. We didn't gloss over him. You skipped from Chess and Hadley. You skipped like thirty guys to get to Keith Mitchell. Well, because I only, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I'm not, you know, you, you give me these barriers and prices. I'm just giving <laughs> you players I like. I do like Keith Mitchell too over on Fantasy Draft. He's eleven seven on Fantasy Draft. I like, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm out on Sam Burns. I go to the experience deal that our our caddy insight brought us. Um, and I, I just, I'm just going to cross a guy like that off my list. I think he's a phenomenal player, absolutely a phenomenal player. I just don't know what the upside is on a very difficult golf course against a very strong field. I, I don't, I, I'm not buying the Sam Burns deal. But um, hey, speaking of Luke List, though, Luke List played my golf, my golf course on Saturday. He was out at Champions Retreat Saturday. How about that? Nice. Um, I think List is interesting. We'll see. I mean, everybody loves to play Luke List. Now he got a huge, a huge price decrease. He was twenty nine percent owned last time we saw him. He screwed up. Uh, he did miss the cut at the PGA here last year, but statistically, there's not a box he doesn't check. Um, statistically, he's there. So we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens with List. I'm Another, fading that. His ownership's going to be. Way yeah, too you're probably right. I'm probably going to do the same thing. Uh, another chalk play who checks a lot of boxes is Adam Hadwin. He is second in this field, only to Bryson DeChambeau in strokes gained approach in the last 12 rounds. Checks the proximity box, the scrambling box, finished 24th at Augusta National. Vegas odds to win should have him priced a little higher. Hadwin is interesting. Um, I think this range of like List, Molinari, Hadwin, Woodland, Shawfle, Hostler, and Schneiderjans, and I'll throw in Adam Scott. I think that's a that's an interesting range. Like, there's going to be a lot of decisions made in that in that range. I'm definitely not playing Scott. Um, I'm probably not going to play Molinari. I'm going to wait and see on list ownership. 
I do like Hadwin. He's a, he's 13-5 on Fantasy Draft. I like him in both Fantasy Draft and DraftKings. What do you think about Woodland, Shawflay, Hostler, and Ollie? Well, I think Woodland's a, a, a great play. I mean, it, this is a guy that and I know we tend to talk about him a, a decent amount, but um, he's obviously played this course well. Um, you know, it's 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 he doesn't have great recent form, but the last time we saw him was missing the cut of the Masters. Um, but other than that, I mean, this is a course where he should, you know, absolutely. I mean, look at the last since he didn't play. He didn't even play it last year at Eagle Point. And then you look at it before in 2016 to 2013, you know, he was T24, T4, T18. So, I mean, the guy's obviously played it well. He's gained 21 or almost 22 strokes on the field. So I do like some Woodland this week. I think, you know, he fits that bomber category. Um, So I can can get on board with, with him. He finished twenty second at the PGA here in twenty seventeen. Yeah. I, I think I I think I'm on him too. I think I'm on Woodland. I think I'm out on Xander. Um, I'm out on Xander. I'm out He's on Hostler. Um, no, 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 Xander. No. You mentioned earlier that you did like experience, you know, on this course. Yeah, and I think that's key. And I just don't, I don't see it. I mean, Xander finished T24 in this tournament last year, but that was on a different course, and we haven't seen him on this course. So don't look at that. And then Bo Hossler's never even played it. Ollie missed a cut the last time he played it. it I don't know what he did at the PGA. I don't have that in front of me. but Or if even if he, he didn't played play it. it. Yeah, he didn't play in it. But in 2016 here, he did not make the cut. So Woodland uh, thirteen three on fantasy draft. He's another. I mean, I like him. I like him on both sides. Um, anybody else in that in the seven k? I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I, I I'd say a Charles Howell is a little interesting at, at seventy two hundred. Um, he's gained sixteen strokes here in the last five years. He didn't do so great at the PGA. Um, but he's gained 11 strokes in his last six events. He's gained he's 17th in the field in strokes gained off the tee. Vegas odds. He's a little bit of a value, not by much, but maybe a touch. Um, should Do be. You have it. What did he finish in the PGA last year? I know he made the cut because we 73rd. saw him on the weekend. 73rd. Okay. Yeah. So he was at the very bottom. Very bottom. Yeah. But I, I remember seeing him on the weekend. I just couldn't remember where he he finished. I mean, seventy two hundred just seems like a good a good price for a guy like that, a cut maker. Um, maybe he's a cash play, but uh, I don't know about his upside. But anyway, um, there's some more guys in the low sevens. I, I think Jamie Lovemark, which you know, I'm kind of a sucker for Lovemark. We'll see. He was eighteen eighteen uh, percent owned his last time out of the Valero. He did finish thirty third here for the PGA. He's in good form. Vegas odds should have him up near the $7,500 range, $7,400 range. So he's a little bit of a value there on Vegas. Um, so don't mind him, but I do like your Keith Mitchell play as well. Um, anybody else in the sevens that you feel feel strong no, about? See, there's literally a third of the field in the sevens. So yeah. if I, if we miss somebody, sorry. So those are the guys sorry. we like the most, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, those are the guys I like the most. Yeah. Um. Uh, all right, six K. I got a few guys here. You, I'll let you start. I don't want to steal another one of your guys. Golly, why are you making me start? Every okay, I'll start. Day? I'll start six in the six K range. I love 
Grayson Murray. Love yeah. Him. Okay. Well, I like him too. Huge Grayson Murray. I don't have to talk about him, but you go. I mean, the Vegas odds should have him five, six hundred dollars more expensive than he is. He finished twenty second at the PGA Championship here uh, back in August. He's gained eighteen strokes in his last six events on the PGA Tour. He ranks eighteenth in this field in the last twelve rounds in strokes gained off the tee. He's a North Carolina boy. Go on, put your you put your handkerchief up and spin around your head just like a helicopter, whatever. He's a North <laughs> Carolina boy. I love Grayson Murray at 6900 and I don't care how chalky he is. That price break is too good to pass up. I will eat the chalk gladly. Love Grayson Murray. Um, like Lucas Glover at 6800 won here before, finished 33rd at the PGA, gained nine strokes in his last six events. He's a South Carolina boy, but he like you know he can putt on Bermuda when he. That's about the only time he can putt. Um, so I like him at sixty eight, and I like Mullinax and Abraham Answer also at sixty eight. Um, I feel like both of those guys, especially Mullinax and Glover, uh, again Vegas odds should have them priced a little higher than they are. Mullinax has shown tremendous form here lately. Leads the tour in driving distance. Um, He's putting it in the fairway a lot too. And answer. Uh, when I looked, I mean, when you look at answer, he's gained 15 strokes in his last six events. He's 25th on the in this field in the last 12 rounds in strokes gained off the tee. And in the last 12 rounds, he's in the top tier in uh, proximity from 175 to 200. So I think those guys are interesting. I have one more scrub play in the six Ks, but I'll let you. I'll let you give your picks, and then I'll I'll wrap it up with that. Well, I'm actually so I'm with you on Mullinax. I think that this is it's a you know obviously coming off of a disappointing you know Texas Open where I think that he obviously could have won, um, but I think he's he's a great course fit here. Um, I, I mentioned earlier I'm with you on Grayson Murray, but I think the uh, kind of a sneaky play here's a guy you know you look at a, somebody like Derek Ernst who won here out of nowhere or James Hahn who won here after missing several straight cuts. A guy that I think can play this course really well, and it just fits his game, is Vaughn Taylor. Even though I know he's had the injury and all of that, but at 6,900, I think he's worth a flyer in a GPP. Not We're not playing him in cash or anything like that. Um, but, you know, he was T35 here in 2016. In 2013, the year that was the last time he played. Before that, he was T10. So I think that I think Vaughn Taylor could be an interesting, just sort of a, a sneaky play on this course. You know, a guy that grew up in the South ha- has grown up playing a lot of courses similar to this, as far as the surfaces out there. So I do like some Vaughn Taylor. So that's that's really it because I was my top other two guys were Mullinax and Grayson Murray. All right. Um, yeah, I'm not with you on Vaughn this week. I'm not feeling that one. All right, my last play of the week at $6,600 is Kevin Tway. Kevin Tway's Vegas odds should have him at like maybe 7000 maybe even $7,100. Um, he's gained nine strokes in his last six weeks on the PGA Tour. And he's 21st in the field in strokes gained off the tee over the last 12 rounds. I think Kevin Tway is a, uh, you know, he's a bomber. He can score um, shorter irons into some of these long approaches. I just think $100 off the minimum price is too good. 
to pass up for Kevin Tway. So, you know, if you're playing in some big GPPs, you want to get one of these top studs like a Rory, a JT, Pat mentioned Jason Day. You know, you pair him with Kevin Tway. I, I think that's an interesting. Uh, I think that's an interesting play. It would not shock me. I think Kevin Tway easily has top twenty-five upside on a on a seventy-six hundred yard par seventy-one course in good form. I think he's got top twenty-five upside. So, um, uh, real quick, I want to I want to recap some of the values on fantasy draft. Tony Finau at fourteen six is a value for me. Byung-Hun Ann, 13-7. Adam Hadwin, 13-5. Gary Woodland, 13-3. I mean, these are some big names um, that give you a lot of cap space over on Fantasy Draft, where normally the pricing is a little more accurate. It's a little tougher to fit some of these guys in. Grayson Murray at 12-7. Mullinax at 12-4. And Keith Mitchell at 11-7. He's a tremendous value. I mean, look at where Keith Mitchell is on DraftKings. I mean, he's priced higher than... Mullinax and Murray on DraftKings um, and on, on Fantasy Draft, he's considerably lower. So he's a great value over on Fantasy Draft. If you want to get a little Keith Mitchell action, Fantasy Draft is where you do it. So, uh, All right, Pat, we got to hit one and done, my man. One and done. It is time um, for me to give you a guy who will likely finish tie for 25th. So Yeah. <laughs> You're... You're one and done. I'm at least a little better than you on the yeah. one and done. Yeah, we we both suck though. Let's let's be honest. We both suck. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I am. Do you know who you're going with? Yeah, I do. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna go Jason Day. Have you already used him? Have I? I don't know. I'm just saying that. Um. I am going to go with Rory. I I need I need a I need a big Come on, Rory. I need a million-dollar victory this week. That's what I need. And I'm going to spend it on Rory. Who I think Quail Hollow was made for Rory. Okay. So there you go. By the way, if I have already picked Jason Day, my backup is going to be Ryan Moore. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you guys for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. We appreciate it. May your screens be green. And uh, hit us up. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Let's do this. All right. See ya. Precision Medicine holds great promise for treating genetic diseases such as certain types of cancers. To drive progress, Harvard Business School Executive Education has developed a new program, Accelerating Innovation in Precision Medicine, which brings together leaders from business, science, medicine, and technology to explore new models for advancing personalized medicine. The program takes place on the Boston campus in September. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me precision. That's hbs.me precision. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock, like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. 
Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. 